Well, hello, I'm Dr. Terrence O'Hayes, and I am the senior pastor of Faith Deliverance Church of God in Christ, the place where ministry and music, and of course, the saving of souls is our goal. Well, today on Power Talk, I have a very special guest. I mean, this guest is anointed, he's gifted, and he is serving in the United States Air Force. Let me introduce to you our dear brother, son, minister of the gospel, elder, preacher, a husband. So let's welcome Tech Sergeant Marcus McCall. <laughs> Hello, sir. Hello, sir. <laughs> yes. Introduce yourself, Marcus. Tell our audience something about what, what you do and your background and the military, armed forces. Sure. So um, I'm um, I'm my 17th year of, uh, of the military. And um, we are approaching, vastly approaching, I hope, uh, 20 years so we can retire. But um, I have, I'm serving in, as a religious affairs airman. Essentially, we, we, we exist uh, for the free exercise of religion. And um, our job is basically is essentially to help airmen, uh, as, uh, help airmen find God from their viewpoint of, of God. And we also provide uh, counseling and uh, pastoral counseling, crisis counseling, uh, mental health. We do a lot of resilience uh, events, and so we have um, really tried to fuse spirituality and 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 counseling together. Mm-hmm. And it has been such a great success um, from our yeah. from, from our perspective. As time has progressed, now there uh, the military is allowed enlisted to to do counseling. Um, I also have a. I'm working towards my. My degree at Liberty University. I'm hoping one day I'll run into Dr. Hayes as my instructor, so he can give me some grace on my assignments. <laughs> um, and right now, I'm, I'm three, three classes away from my master's in marriage and family counseling, working towards my doctorate for the same uh, the, the same field. I'm married with uh, married to Charmaine McCall with four beautiful kids: Marcus Jr., uh, Paris Victoria, Elijah Malachi, and London Darion. So um, that's my story. <laughs> wow. You have a wonderful story. 17 years and you're on the trajectory to reach that 20 year point uh, yes, that sir. you can retire. But you're doing wonderful things in the Air Force. I love the the background of the connection, the spirituality, the religion and the, and the counseling, all those that you do. And you are uh, at Liberty University. Yes, sir. I am the professor there and I, I teach a military course, but I also teach pastoral counseling. Mm-hmm. So you may you may be a student in my class, Grasshopper. Oh, okay. You know, I call, yes, I call Marcus Grasshopper because, <laughs> you know, this this is very respectful young man. I mean, he I, I can't even begin to say uh, the, the kindness and the respect that this man has shown. And I think one day he called me teacher mm. and I'm thinking. What can I say back to this young man? And I thought about, you know, the uh, grasshopper from the old school uh, show back in the day, mm-hmm. uh, Kung Fu. Kung Fu, yes, sir. <laughs> I- I'm telling my age back then, though. Yes, sir. And uh, he would say to grasshopper, he's a teacher, he would say back to, you know, grasshopper. So because Marcus has a heart of learning, as you heard him say, He's three classes away from his master's degree in marriage and family counseling. And that is a very important uh, degree program uh, for ministry because in our churches, we need to have strong marriages and strong families. So thank you for that, um, Tech Sergeant McCall. But while we're here in this discussion today, I'm going to ask you something I think is very important for military members. 
you know, you guys are transferred to many different communities, mm -hmm. different bases, you get deployed. And my question to you, with all the communities that you are impacted by, how important is the church? Um, so, you know, Jesus, Jesus tells uh, Peter after he investigates the disciples about his um, his standing in the world. He asks them, uh, you know, you know who, do, who do men say I am? And then, he, of course, he is more specific um, in his question and, you know, and ask Peter directly, well, who do you say? And of course, Peter gives the answer that, you know, thou art the Christ, son of the, son of the living God. And Jesus gives response to him this great adage that we say now, of course, upon this rock I build my church. And I say all that to say that the church, um, there will never be a space and time from my perspective where the church is not needed. Mm. And um, one of the great things that our forefathers saw uh, was that uh, in military in military circles and military life, and this is back to even, you know, uh, uh, President George Washington, General George Washington at the time, that uh, armed forces needed a chaplain. Uh, armed forces needed uh, spirituality. And so uh, I can personally attest that, that the military chapels saved my life. And, um, and so it, it, is, it is very, very vital, I believe, for uh, not only for uh, Christian believers, uh, um, I'll say Christian believers in particular, but, but people of faith in, uh, in general to attach themselves to some level of spirituality. And for, you know, for young members coming from all over the place and not knowing where they can find a church, some of our young military members go overseas for the very first assignment and they're not sure where to find any sense of spirituality. They can always come to a chapel um, and always find a, a, a gospel service or a Catholic service or a liturgical service or uh, something there to meet their needs. Or some of these airmen are going, our, our airmen do great things. And I, when I say airmen, uh, I mean airmen of all ranks. Uh, they go to great places. We uh, go. They go to Djibouti. They go to Ethiopia. They go to Afghanistan. They go to China. They go to Japan. Uh, uh, we, we send our airmen all over the world. Mm -hmm. And guess what, what else we also send? We also send a chaplain to all those places um, because some of those remote places you can't go downtown like in america and find a church on every corner and you know for a lot of those people in particular when they are deployed it is where they typically uh, have that faith experience they have that um of, of for lack of, of a better term that come to jesus experience so the military uh chapel corps is very very vital a uh, vital our chaplaincy in general and spirituality as a whole is very very vital to the military uh the military member uh we also provide uh marriage counseling mm. uh, we also provide resiliency events um things that did not exist when i first joined 17 years ago okay. and so uh um so to see how we have matured as as a as, as a force mm. to realize that hey these people um, are struggling with their mental health these marriages are struggling with multiple deployments these families and not only just the military member, but the the eighteen year old child transitioning from military life into into college, that yeah. person also needs some level of, of spirituality. And what and you can appreciate this, you know, being a uh, having your your degree in this field, that uh, we have seen that there is a connection between spirituality and mental health. Yes, it is. Uh, that it's the more a person, a strong connection, um, uh, so much so that you can typically uh, use it as a barometer. If you please, um, to see where the, where a person' mental health mental health lies, and so what, what we have done in the military, mental health has fused with the chapel, and and has said, hey, how can we work together to 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 serve these 
to, to serve these these great airmen from the from the young airmen who just got in to the old colonel who's been around. Um, we all need we all need Jesus, and so when 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 Jesus asks Peter, um, "Hey, who do I say I am?" Those not to preach, but those those disciples were all different ages, right? So uh, you know they were all they were, they were all from different backgrounds, different uh, different ethnicities. If you look at you know the history of the disciples, um, but they all had one thing in common: they needed him. And so what we do is we 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 bring um, Jesus or whoever they believe to be God um, um, to them. So there is no, and I fundamentally believe this, there is no military without, without spirituality. Mm. Um, just like this, there is no, there is no military without, w- 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 without us. Oh, to answer your question, you know, I turn it to a preacher. Oh, He's no, so. no, this is a candid conversation coming from the heart of an airman, tech sergeant, you know, who has mm. experience. I'm, I'm loving this because I love what you, you've said a key word here, fusing religious mm. and with the mental health and, and spirituality there. I, I love that because, you know, awesome. God is everywhere. Mm-hmm. And uh, as you mentioned, the, the deployments that the military members go, they can't find a church on every corner. Absolutely. But you said, but the chaplain, uh, a chapel is there mm-hmm. uh, of the different faiths and of their beliefs, but their connection with God. You know, I uh, had an opportunity. I was a, uh, I did a remote tour during my uh, time in military active duty. I did 21 years, Marcus, and seven months. But when mm-hmm. I went to my uh, tour of tour of duty over in Korea, I attended a church that was downtown mm-hmm. in Songtang, Korea, mm-hmm. and it just happened to be upper room yeah, church yeah. of God in Christ. Church of God in Christ, yes. Sir. And you know, it was a blessing to be able to be in there among the different armed forces. The army was there as well, not just Air Force. Mm-hmm. You know, we all gathered. But then there were days that I did not go downtown. I would I would go right, as you just said, to the yeah. chapel, right out there on the base. And we worship together and praise God together. So I think it's so important. And as you said, to see the transition and, and the transformation of what is now being offered to our troops, to the mm-hmm. veterans that was not when you first entered. Well, I entered wow in 1980. Yes, uh, sir. That's a long time ago. Mm-hmm. So just to see how time has brought about things that are relevant to the day's lives of families and to our airmen from the counseling, even as you mentioned the children, you know, our children mm-hmm. are very important that a part of military family because they're, Absolutely. you know, their lives are uh, flowing through and going through the changes, but the parent or the, or the spouses may be active duty and deployed and all of those mm-hmm. different elements. So, you know, their needs need to be met. And I, and I hear you guys are doing that and I applaud you for that uh, again Absolutely. so much. No, as you serve exclusively as a military member, and then I say serve exclusively, you know, your behavior, your conduct, mm-hmm. and just being available uh, to provide the support to this great country. So for someone who's listening, how would you transfer the behavior that you exercise for the armed forces into a ministry if the opportunity presents itself? So I I can speak to this pretty um, pretty uh, pretty good because I was able to pass it twice uh, in the military. So you know we definitely served at Wright Patterson. Uh, I'm serving as assistant pastor there, and then you know, when I went to Germany, not knowing this would even happen, I ended up passing out off base 
Mm-hmm. And uh, we we did some great, 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 great work there. And uh, it was a really, really amazing time. We had uh, people from all different different um, different ethnicities mm-hmm. and different backgrounds. We were we were in Germany with people from um, um, from the Dutch. Um, Amsterdam was there. Italians were there. Perusian was there. Black people were there. And um, what I learned from that experience, I learned that if you adhere to the military principles, it will help you as a, as a leader. And what I mean by that is um, the military gives you structure. Mm. It gives you um, order. And I don't mean order from a sense of being a dictator because a pastor is an under shepherd. He is not the shepherd. Um, and he, he, while he is a vision, he or she is a vision um, setter. Um, the Bible says only a fool rejects counsel. Right. So um, I do believe that that ministry works best when you have a team and you allow your team um, to operate in their own personalities, operate in their gifts. But what the military gave me was it taught me structure. So, uh, for instance, we, we have a form in the chapel that processes um, uh, offerings and, and budgets. And I said, well, hey, if this works for the military, this can absolutely work for for the civilian world. And so we, we were able to. Um, uh, I, I'm sure you appreciate this term. Uh, this is not really a term, but we were able to Bishop Charles Blake, the, the, the church. In other words, we got we got great structure and di- and good order to the to the church. And so when I was able, when we were able to start pastoring there, we were able to set up norms and set up uh, a chain of command and set up a team and set up um, structure. And what I found is when you when you bring structure to an organization, you actually release them to be more creative. Mm-hmm. You actually like release them to be more innovative. Um, and, you know, we have in the military, we have a system where, you know, there's a chain of command and, you know, we all have to bow to the wing king or wing queen. And so what I have, what I, what I did somewhat different was when I was setting the vision, I wanted them to understand that uh, while I was the visionary, God also had given you a vision how to run this department. Mm-hmm. Right. God has already, God has also given you and God, God really showed me this through leadership um, and, you know, I would always say, I always say this, you, any kind of leadership principles, you can find the descriptions. Look how Moses led, look how David led, look how um, some of the great kings of the Bible, look how Abraham led, you know, look how Joseph led. God gives us great examples of great leaders. Mm-hmm. Is that you don't want to rob, and, and this could, I'm probably going down the, uh, a different avenue here, so bring, bring, me, bring me back if I can start going too far. But you don't want to rob your, your leaders of their personality. Right. Um, I robbed them of their of their vision. And so what I shared with them was, listen, hey, I'm going. This is the, the general vision from this vision. I want you all to come up with a with a vision to support this vision. Mm-hmm. And then because, you know, but this church was church planting. I had never church planted before. Mm-hmm. When I got there, we only had about five members. When I left, we had about 50. So we really grew. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I said was, hey, listen, I want you to come up with the vision for the um, youth department. You come up with the vision for the mission department, but it needs to have these three things. How do we um, reach in? How do we reach out? And how do we reach families? Mm. And so what I was realizing was we were empowering them to lead. We were empowering them. We were empowering them. And that's really what leadership is. It is is really empowering, right? So God gives us, you know, God gives us this great story with with, uh, Jethro and Moses. When Moses thinks he has to, I have to lead everything. I have to be in charge. Mm-hmm. We, what we really don't really uh, really exacerbate from this text is that Moses was somewhat on an ego trip, right? So, <laughs> so Jethro tells him, listen, man, have things set up to where other people, allow other people to grow. 
my father, Bishop Owens, used to say, you know, a candle doesn't lose light when it gives light to another to another candle. There's just more light to go around. So the military right. essentially allowed me um, to to pour into other people. And it was my greatest joy. You can appreciate this as a pastor to see these people grow in their gifts. Yes, we have to set parameters. Yes, we have to set, you know, uh, some level of boundaries. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I- I've seen the transition in my own leadership that that macro management works. <laughs> Nobody likes working for a micro manager. Nobody likes working for a person who needs to be in every single detail, nitnoid mm-hmm. um, thing. And so allowing them to grow really helped me um, to do ministry. And then I will say one of the other great things was seeing people who had never been in ministry before. In an organ, because we think, because at least I thought, because I came from a church background, you and I both Church of God in Christ. You know, I I literally believed that everybody was black with church. So like that's why that's what I thought. I thought everybody, and then I also thought everybody was black with Pentecostal. <laughs> so <laughs> so I had to learn how to preach to people who were AME, uh, mm-hmm. preach people who were Presbyterian, who were Lutheran who looked like me. I thought everybody shouted. You know, I had to pastor a church. People uh, were. You know, Bishop Jake says, you know, he says some things that are normal to you are foreign to them. And right. and so God God was teaching me how to how to how to teach the word. Mm-hmm. If you if you preach, if you preach the word, it's the it is the it is the proclamation the proclamation of the gospel. And of course that is attractive, but if you teach the word, they will stay. Mm. They will they they will and so God transitioned my ministry from I, I, I say this with great respect. Our church teaches us how to preach, but I don't think, and I, I hope this doesn't come off the wrong way. I, I had to learn how to teach when I left. <laughs> and so, because these people know their Bible, they will challenge you with that, with that scripture. I never let a Bible study where people would ask questions or, you know, <laughs> people challenge what I said. And so it was, it was teaching me. We typically get up and we try to excite the crowd and, you know, uh, we, we incite a praise, if you please. But there are some people who just come to, the, to, to church who just want to hear the gospel. Mm-hmm. They don't shout like we shout. They don't dance. They don't They don't run around. And sometimes we think if they ain't shouting, we're not giving a, a good word. But you right. know, a right. lot of the a lot of the things that changed my life, a lot of the sermons that changed my life were not messages where people were hooping, where people were, <laughs> uh, and I don't knock it because Lord knows I still do it. I don't want to, I don't want to front. Like, you know, I still <laughs> elevate my voice here, here or there. But I realized that Jesus was effective because he taught the word. Yes. And is. so it was able to, for me, uh, the transition was it was was helpful for me because it taught me to slow down, mm. get and it and it really it really I'm going to go too far, but it really it really forced me to study the word, to become a Bible lover, yeah. understand the norms of the Bible, so that I could rightly divide mm-hmm. the word of truth. And where it really helped me was when I got back into the Church of God in Christ. I didn't feel the pressure or to other Pentecostal service uh, 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 denominations. I no longer felt the, the pressure to to holler. <laughs> God had somewhat freed me, um, freed me from that. Um, so uh, if, if you had adhered to the military, uh, one thing, again, I'm going to wrap this up, but one of the things the ministry, the military gives us, it gives us the, the, the gift of different cultures. Mm-hmm. Yes. It gives us the gift of, um, hanging out with people with uh, with white people, with 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 Mexican people, with Asian people, with um, with with all different set of backgrounds, yes. and that's the beauty of, of of the gospel is that it it teaches, it reaches mm-hmm. to everyone, yeah. and we we need to tailor our ministries to the total to to the total man that there mm-hmm. is a a Korean man out there who needs to know Jesus. 
just much as there's a white man on the street mm-hmm. who needs to know Jesus. And one of the things that we tried to do at our at our ministry was how do we make this gospel attractive to all to all people? Because mm-hmm. that's what that's what the gospel is. Our churches look all look like us, and then we have the the gall to say we're doing kingdom ministry we're doing international uh a ministry but if everybody looked like me it ain't international <laughs> it's, it's, mm. so um jesus said go ye go ye therefore and then he said he, he made it pretty clear who to teach to he said teach all nations <laughs> so yeah. um and so and so one of the things that we but i'm really really proud of pastor i'm really really proud of is that our ministry uh it looks like uh the populace so it looks like white people. It looks like black people. It looks like Hispanic people. It looks like, and what I had to learn is how do I let them worship from a, from a space that they're comfortable? I don't understand Hispanic. I didn't understand Hispanic worship. Mm-hmm. I didn't understand um, um, uh, Caucasian worship. I used to think growing up their their songs were, were were strange that they were all sad, and now I've grown to love it. <laughs> just as much as I love gospel, how do how do uh, Asians worship, worship? They worship a little different than we do, but they also like to shout. They mm-hmm. like to clap their hands. They like to, yes. and the beauty of the gospel is that you can weave it all in. Uh, I'm talking too much, but you can weave it all in uh, mm-hmm. uh, together. So that's what that's what military really helped me with for sure. Well, again, this is this is power talk, and uh, as a counselor, pastoral counselor, I'm listening to you mm-hmm. because there are going to be other people listening to this conversation. And you're saying something that's going to reach all of them, mm-hmm. all people, all cultures. You know, you, sp- you spoke about what church looks like. And, uh, you know, we had to learn how to adapt. And what dis- the military has, has taught you the discipline mm-hmm. and the order to know how to uh, weave in into and trans- mm-hmm. transcend yourself to adapt to different cultures and different faces and different voices. I'll say this, Bishop Mark Ellis, he he called Mm -hmm. 2022 the year of the teacher and how Mm -hmm. of the the fivefold gifts that that are in in ministry, you know, Mm -hmm. he made it, made the connection that we don't give the value of the teacher the Mm -hmm. same precedence as we give to the preacher, you know, but their value, their worth, as you mentioned, Jesus said, mm. and he taught. And he taught. And teaching is so effective. It reaches, people want to hear the gospel. Mm-hmm. They want to know him. They're not caught up in our emotionalism. And mm-hmm. as you say, we do it, you know, we hoop and, you know, mm-hmm. says, ah, but mm-hmm. we, as you mentioned, I have to know how to speak to all people. Absolutely. And 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 the doors will open to you because again the discipline that you have gained from the military, which brings to our final question. You know, when I was in Korea, I can say that you know, as, as you know, Marcus, I was only at Wright Patterson for twenty years. Yes, sir. At God one place. <laughs> but when I went to Korea, uh, that remote tour, I I began to grow. I began to develop, coming to my own as a young man, husband, father. But I had a colonel, Colonel Tom, mm-hmm. and I was the executive assistant in his office, and he was the commander, of course. And on that base, there was a lot of things happening at one time. And I was at Osan Air Force Base, uh, 1994, 1995. But uh, he said one thing that stayed with me. He said, "You want to have, we want to have good order, 
Mm. and good discipline. And good discipline, yes, sir. So my question to you is, what has kept you disciplined? What has kept you grounded? And mm. what has made you successful in your military career? Uh, that's a great, very, very great, very, very good question. And um, I appreciate them saying good order and good discipline. I would say what has kept me grounded is life will humble all of us. And uh, if you if you live long enough, my father used to say, kids, keep living. If you live long enough um, and you keep going through this journey, at some point, life will humble you. We have seasons of peaks and we have seasons of of valleys. And then there's some season where we feel like we're just going through seasons of stagnation. Mm. And um, I believe all three of those really have kept me grounded. Mm -hmm. uh, failure has kept me grounded. Success. Uh, the illusion of success um, has also uh, kept me uh, grounded. And I think what has also kept me grounded is this, is that we appreciate the, as, as preachers and teachers and pastors or uh, however we serve in ministry, um, and just for whatever note this is worth, not everybody will preach, not everybody will teach. We need to appreciate the child care uh, person who wipes your uh, 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 babies behind. You know, we need to appreciate uh, the ushers who yes. who keep good order and good discipline in the church. Um, we need to appreciate these wonderful deacons who uh, also, as, as some churches also provide security. You know, deacons will count your money uh, and rough you up at the same time, you know. So <laughs> uh, there are different, le different levels of ministry. Uh, and every good pastor got one big Big muscular deacon that, that everybody knows, leave them alone. Mm -hmm. So there are different different levels uh, of, of ministry, but I think what has kept me grounded is not to um, get so encompassed or enthralled with the praises of people. Mm -hmm. Because, uh, and I love saying this, that the, the same people who were saying Hosanna to Jesus were, were also the same crowd saying crucify him. Mm -hmm. It was the same crowd. Jesus didn't go to another country to die. So it was the same people Dang. who were waving their uh, waving uh, their leaves and uh, and bowing down. And that is really the dynamic of the church. It's dynamic of leadership. If you look at it, when Moses is leading them out of, uh, Pastor, you can't give me this stuff. You know, you're talking to a preacher. But when Moses leads <laughs> the people out of Israel, Miriam is having her tambourine and they're having this, the first, I always like to say, the first ever recorded praise back in the Bible when, when <laughs> Miriam gets her tambourine and, and they and they praise God. But then we see in a few chapters later, uh, there's talk of stoning Moses. Did you bring us out here to die? You know, we, we lease in, at least in Israel, at least, excuse me, at least in Egypt, we had onions and we had cucumbers and we had grapes and yeah, yeah. and you know and i'm moses i'm like yeah but you're also getting beat up and whipped and you know and so the praise of the, of the people are they are intermittent and if you tailor your ministry towards um the praises of people your ministry will fail and here's why i say this the gospel mm -hmm. at times will be offensive yes um the holy spirit comes to he does come to comfort, but he also comes to convict. He comes to convict the world of sin, right? So um, there will be times when you are doing ministry where everybody won't be saying go, um, go. And if, if I could, if I could give the twenty-one-year-old Marcus, who was who I thought at the time was at the height of my ministry, I'm pastoring at the largest service um, in the Air Force. I'm thinking these people, and they were good people at Wright Patterson. Let me say that I had some great, great, great people at that church. Um, great, great, great people. Um, but if that guy thought, you know, hey, Marcus, you're going to be at the height of your people love you. You are amazing. And, you know, at 14, I got to um, I started uh, I started preaching at 14. I was a youth pastor at the presiding bishop's church at 16 years old, mm -hmm. directing a choir 
uh, at, at 13, the senior choir, the, 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 the main choir of our church, um, the, the senior choir director at 15, 16, 17 years old. And I thought that made me who I was until I erred in the way, mm-hmm. until I slipped up and made a mistake, until I, I, until I failed. And those same praises uh, were, were hard to find, few and far between. Uh, and maybe there's a preacher who worked on, and this is what I, I would love to give to, to, to preachers who who get discouraged because we don't talk about. I think I don't think enough the great discouragement that comes from leadership that our pastors bear. Um, and the scriptures gives us great great insight to uh, prophets who struggle with depression. We see it with Elijah. Uh, we see it with with Jeremiah who gets yeah. into a refusal mode to even do ministry. We see with Elijah so much so much depressed that he asked, he literally asks God to take his life. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so we, we see that that, 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 that depression attacks, uh, I, w- I don't wanna say more, I don't have uh, data for that, but uh, attacks just as much, if not more, the leader mm-hmm. um, who, who's worked on his sermon all week, mm-hmm. who feels like I'm going, this one is gonna have them standing up and they're gonna really, and then, you know, we all been there and then you hear crickets, you don't hear, you just hear your voice. After the praise and worship leader who is uh, who has worked who has worked with the, with the team and the choir the whole week and they're giving up singing their hearts out and the audience is just looking at you uh, or if you're preaching a message that that is not favorable that they don't want to hear um, do not get caught up in the praises of people make your calling and election short in other words make your intent right because uh, if you do keep your focus on on God, keep your focus on 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 Jesus. Why did you get into ministry in the first place? Mm-hmm. You're gonna be okay. Mm-hmm. But a lot of us are, uh, me included, a lot of preachers. We are people pleasers by nature. We don't want to upset anybody. We don't want to. Uh, we want to be liked. We want to be we loved. Mm-hmm. But if that is your only barometer of success, mm-hmm. you will can, you will never in leave that cycle of depression um, because some days people ain't gonna like you. Mm-hmm. Some some there is there are some people in your church who will sit in your ministry for years <laughs> and, and not like your leadership right. <laughs> at, wow. at all at, at all and won't and won't ever, and, we'll, and we'll sit there with their arms folded. I always say you know church people we don't uh, they leave a lot more now, but you know and 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 my time coming up people will they will just protest they won't leave they just will just raise right. all kind of sedition and and foolishness yeah. um, um, and just and we'll stay. You know, <laughs> it won't leave. Um, and so what has kept me grounded to answer your question, what has kept me disciplined is failure. Um, or what is, is making mistakes is um, having to come back and apologize mm-hmm. is um, having visions that I thought was going to work, but, but, but didn't work mm-hmm. um, is, is um, learning how to defer to somebody who may have a better idea than mine and putting my ego to the side. Mm-hmm. Um, and not getting so caught up in this title as pastor, because really we are servants. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are servants first, and um, and Jesus said, "The greatest among you um, shall be uh, shall be called servant." And mm-hmm. and learning, and I, I, I need to also add this: you will not make it through this walk without a, a consistent prayer life mm-hmm. um, and wise counsel. Mm-hmm. I've said this to you privately, so I can say this publicly: watching you how you have managed leadership, watching you, how you have gone back to school, it influenced me to go back, mm. right? Mark the, mark, mark the uh, perfect man, for the end of that man is, is, is peace. You know, uh, and, you know, that word perfect in that sense means complete. But, mm-hmm. um, and so, uh, you know, saying if Pastor Hayes can go back to school and get his doctorate, I can, I can go back to school, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so having wise counsel around you, 
when I was starting starting this church in Germany, uh, well, I wasn't starting it, but I was <laughs> building it from the ground up. I reached out to a a fellow um, uh, pastor who was far far further along than I did. Yes, he pastors a, a somewhat of a, a mega church, but a good friend of mine. And I said, uh, he's a bishop now, so I won't say his name. But I said, uh, I said, Pastor, what do I do? I, I don't, I don't really know what to do. Right, Patterson spoiled me. <laughs> everything was set up. I got to walk in, and uh, everything was great. But I don't know what I'm doing. Here's what he told me. He said, "You need to have people in your life who will never see you as pastor. They will only see you as Marcus." He said, "But these can't be people in your church." He said, you need to have somebody in your life, a few friends who will only see you as Marcus. He said, because these people will give it to you real. Mm. They will always be honest with you because they have no level of um, uh, of allegiance ministry-wise. They are your real friends. Mm. And then you need to surround yourself with people who are older with you, older than you. Reach out to other, and you know, you and I have talked privately, you know, like, you know, reach out to people who have served for a while. Um, reach out to uh, people who have been in ministry longer than you surround yourself with, with, with wise counsel but then you also need and this is what i learned he didn't share this part with me he didn't share this part with me but you also need fresh eyes mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you need fresh eyes so one of the things that i would that i would do when i first started pastor is i would have people the military gives you this with inspections and stuff i said hey your job if, if you know unless, unless the spirit hits you your your job is to sit there and take notes the whole service so I had four or five people would sit back and take notes. Hey, what's wrong? What are we? What are we not doing right? What are we? What are, what 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 are we missing? Or what are we doing right that that's that's actually working? And so for for every department, somebody who nobody knew was taking notes. They didn't know they were taking notes. They thought they were just a regular member. And at the at the at the end of a month, they would come back to me and say, Hey, Pastor, here's what I've noticed. Here's what I noticed. And then I would get this together and, and work with my team and say, Hey, hey, here's what's here's what here's 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 where we are. What has kept me grounded? Uh, my family, I can talk to you all day about what's kept me grounded. Um, but at the end of the day, life has kept me, has kept, has kept me grounded because you can be at the mountaintop one day and be at the, at the valley. And most of our experiences um, where we grow is in the valley. Mm. When you are at your uh, wits end, and I, I've said this before, there's some messages preachers can't preach unless they experience it. Mm -hmm. Let's say they, they, they've gone through it. Don't tell me about a marriage working. God can save your marriage. If your marriage has never been on the rocks. Um, uh, or, or how do I live saved when I'm, I'm struggling? How do I, how do I uh, you know, so uh, for me, uh, going through life, mm -hmm. realizing that when I was in the valley, when I, when mm -hmm. I couldn't get booked to preach anywhere, when um, I was struggling with my call, when I was struggling with a speech impediment that you know that, that I have, um, mm -hmm. God has this sense of uh, humor that you would give me to get to public speaking, but I stutter. <laughs> so, so let me add, I yes, stutter right along with you. Absolutely, yes, sir. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, and, yeah, and how great is God that He has? He tells Moses, God. Hey, "Go, go." I, I want you to teach. And Moses says, "Well, I, I have this. I have the speech impediment. I can't get these words out." We talk about Aaron, but the, but the scripture God says into response. To, first of all, we don't see Aaron talking too much for Moses. <laughs> by the way, uh, um, uh, but we all, but there's a scripture right after Moses gives that complaint. He says, did I not create the mouth? Mm. <laughs> did, I not create did I not form? So some of these things, some of these, uh, these, these insecurities or some of these impediments, mm. uh, God, you know, Paul says, I, I went to God three times about this and he, he wouldn't remove it. It was, it's, it was God showing me, I need you to trust me. 
I need you when I when my back was literally against the wall and, you know, and I, I felt like I, I couldn't make it. Uh, those were cliches as a kid. But as an adult, I realized there are times um, when you have to look up, look up and say, God, are you even really up there? Do you, are you is this is this God even even real? That's when he was forming me. And it made my heart more sensitive to the airman coming into my office um, and made my heart less judgmental. Uh, and, and made my heart softer because Come Come I can say, I know what you're going through. I know what it's like to never want to look at church again. I know what it's like to be struggling with when you are helping other marriages and you're about to go through a divorce. I know what it's like to encourage other children and your children are going every opposite way and from what you have taught them to go. That's when God was making me. When I was frustrated with my supervisors, when I was going through, that's when God, and you don't see it when you're going through it. Whoever hears this, you don't see it now. That's when God is, is molding you. So when you get to that mountaintop, and it's very lonely up there, <laughs> when you when you when you when you get there, God is God. God has prepared you for that moment, mm-hmm. and he, he said He said I will give you pastors. I will give you pastors. I will give you leaders after my own heart. Mm-hmm. But after His heart, God God talks about His heart that His heart is broken. <laughs> his heart has been shattered into uh, a million pieces, and those experiences. Kept me grounded. I'll tell this last story. I'll share this last story, Pastor. Now I really will be, will be done. Um, there were times when you know, I, you know, I have four children, but there were times when, you know, my my account was overdrafted, and I had a mortgage due, and I had um, car notes due, uh, mismanagement of money. I didn't know how to uh, manage my money. I didn't have uh, a lot of male role, role models in my life, or et cetera. And I'm going through uh, the commissary. Writing, uh, writing what I know is going to be a bounce check <laughs> because I have to feed my family and I am stocking up on food. And this guy is following me around. Uh, this is Wright Patterson. Wright Patterson. I think I only had three kids then. And he's following me around. And, you know, I, I, don't, I don't really want to talk to anybody. You know, people always think pastors are, are extroverts, but most of us are ambiverts. You know, we, we recharge best by ourselves because we are always around people. And so while we do love you, Sometimes you just want to be left alone, right? So Jesus um, wasn't left alone. He wasn't left alone. <laughs> yeah, but Jesus was more honorable. He just left. He didn't, you know, he didn't, he wasn't passive aggressive. He was like, I'm out, you know? <laughs> you know. So this guy's following me around, right? Here I am filling my stuff up and I'm discouraged and says, Hey, Pastor Marcus, how you doing? And I say, hey, I'm, do- I'm doing good, you know, the standard God bless you. And then I go over and I leave and he follows me around again. And he, I just, oh, okay, hey, hey, Marcus, how you doing? I'm, I'm good. All right, bless you. I go to whatever part of the grocery store and this guy is just, he's just following me around and he goes to my church. I know very, very nice man, but I'm just like, bro, what do you want? From, leave me alone. Like, and he says to me, he says, he says, pastor, the Lord told me to pay for your groceries. He says, get whatever you want. Say that again. He said, the Lord told me to pay for your groceries. Mm. He says, get whatever you want. He says, get whatever you need. And I'm, you know, of course, I'm, my mama raised me right. So I'm being reserved and I'm getting, put all this other stuff back. I'm getting, you know, uh, he said, no, 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 no. He said, I want you to stock up your, uh, Father, I bless you. I thank you. Uh, I want you to stock up, you know, fill it up. He said, God told me, to, God told me to bless you. Yeah. And, and I'm in the, I'm in the, the line and I'm, I'm crying. And I am, you know, because he knew that I needed that. It was that experience mm. when I saw another airman 
fast forward 10 to 15 years later come with on, these families, I can say, hey, no, let me bless you. No, 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 yeah. Not for, and I, a lot of times when I bless people, I, I say, please don't put it on social media. I said, because somebody blessed me when I was struggling. Mm. <laughs> somebody, uh, when I got to write Patterson, pastor, I didn't have a bed. I didn't have uh, furniture. I didn't have mm. anything. I got to my basement. Colonel Chaplain Wilford Bristol, he made sure, he, he solicited the church that I would end up pastoring one day. Hey, let's take care of this airman. I had a I had a new washer and dryer. I had a new bed. I had three and four beds that I didn't pay for. Somebody invested in me. Mm. Somebody took care of me. And was those experiences that allowed me to help help somebody else mm-hmm. to do to 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 to, uh, to pay it for. And I believe I am so blessed today because of the of, of what I went through. Mm. As Paul said, I know I, I know what it is to be hungry. I know what it is to be full. I know what yeah. it is to be, and that's what I want to leave the encouragement encouragement to the to whoever listens. God's got an angel looking out for you. Mm. You're not in this, this 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 thing by yourself. God God sees where you are. If I could if I could if I could if I could encourage my 21 year old self or even my 30 year old self, I would tell them, Marcus, hang in there, bro. Mm-hmm. It's just a season. It's just a season, and through that valley. That's where God is. That's where God was molding me. That's where God was, 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 it wasn't when I was the pastor anniversaries and the God bless you's and the, it was the times when I literally had to cry myself to sleep. Uh, when I literally went to bed struggling with anxiety, that's when God was t- teaching me how to touch, how to, how to trust him because he was showing me that I'm bigger than this. Mm-hmm. I'm bigger than your insecurity. I'm bigger than what you're struggling with. I'm bigger I, just lean on me. <laughs> just, just. Um, anyway, uh, I'm talking too much, but, but that's really what, what what grounded me. Well, let me say this: uh, Tech Sergeant McCall, Preacher McCall, mm. you have shared some excellent information today. And as I said, this is a power talk, and it's a place that I come and to share hearts with my mind with others that I invite as guests. And I'm listening to you because you're speaking because I listen as we're making this coming to a close about you walked in that commissary Mm. knowingly had a a check that was going to be unbalanced. (laughs) Unbalanced. I mean, you know, not funded. Unfunded, not funded. (laughs) Absolutely. But God, as you said, that angel, God used that gentleman And he spoke to you and you like, wait a minute. Mm. But I love the fact you you humbled your heart. Mm. The tears began to flow because God was using that moment for you, as you just mentioned, to pull forward, spring forward to help that other airman Mm. that's going to walk in the same shoes you walked. And that's one of the blessings of the military. When I was in the military active duty, there were military officers because I had a large family. Mm-hmm, absolutely. They would sow into me mm-hmm. monetarily mm-hmm. money to help with mm-hmm. my family. Uh, I had a boss. She would give me, she had a daughter and she would, and I had five girls. Of course, I didn't have I had five daughters. And as mm-hmm. the time would, would go through all, she would give me her daughter's clothes. That's wow. back in the day we called them hand-me-downs. I don't know yes, if they sir. do that today. Yes, sir. But absolutely. just the fact, God provides and, and for me as a pastor that's why i love the airmen and military members who come to our ministry because we adopt you guys mm, as absolutely. family you know and, and what but what we do know that i had to learn is that you're just there for a season mm-hmm. 
Absolutely. You're coming through, going to that next place. But but we value you. We mm. value, we appreciate the time spent and shared. I can I see the growth. I yeah. see the maturity. I hear the maturity, the development. And God gets all the glory, uh, Amen. Marcus, uh, to Shermaine and the kids. I mean, I look at your Facebook photos. They've grown up. Yes, sir. Marcus Jr. is taller than you now. He is taller than me. He is taller than me. But Absolutely. God is good. And thank you again. We're getting ready for our Veterans Weekend, uh, November 4th through the 6th. And I just want to have a, a power talk conversation with, with military members. As I said, you know, you're not a veteran yet, but you, I was once where you are. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I was a tech sergeant, uh, serving my country as administrative, uh, administrative, administrative person, and uh, and I did that till I came to the place. I retired as a master sergeant, mm -hmm. and uh, I loved it. There was not a day of my military life I did not regret. There were days that I had my dark days when I was over in Korea, an mm -hmm. Osan Air Base, a remote tour, married man, single, no wife, no family, no children yeah. around. I had to me and God had to be connected together in a very intimate mm -hmm. way. So thank you, uh, Sergeant McCall, for the wisdom you shared. Pastor, can I share this? Shared. Yes, sir. Can I share this, Pastor? Yes. When we got to Ohio, I, I, I really want your listeners to hear this. When we got to Ohio, I, I went to, you know, you know, I was at gospel service, et cetera. And, and I, I enjoyed it. But when I got to Faith Deliverance, you all gave me a home. Mm. And civilian ministries matter because, you know, I'm trying to, at the time, you know, I was trying to adjust to military ministry, people from all different walks of life. And as I said, as I shared before, it was, it was a challenge, you know, it was, um, but when I went to Faith Deliverance and I could shout. <laughs> and I can, you know, and I always shout off beat. I don't shout well, but I will do it. Um, and I could holler and I could um, I could have my Pentecostal experience. And um, what you gave me was you gave me fatherhood mm. and you gave me mentorship. And sometimes I, I affectionately will call you dad because, mm. you know, I, I said this openly. You know, my father passed away when I was 16, 17 years old and he was dying most of my teenage years. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, and save uh, Bishop Owens. I didn't have a lot of men, uh, men mentors in my life, and you you embraced me as a son. Yeah, you, you know I could have easily been Troy or, or TJ. Uh, at one point, I was you know part of the, I felt like I was part of the family. You know, um, so you you embraced me as a son, and you gave me. You know, I, I remember those conversations we would have you know, forever, you know, text back and forth and, you know, mm -hmm. Pastor, how do I handle these members? How do I handle, mm -hmm. you know, um, things that I just didn't know? And there were times where you had to correct me mm -hmm. um, when you had to, um, I won't share the the, the uh, pew walking story today, Not but the uh, the no, I won't share that story. I won't share that story. But, you know, those who were around, y'all know that story. Share that story. I mean, yeah, the pews. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm for your safety. Yeah. Those pews yes, were they were not bolted down, yes, but that sir. was that Pentecostal preacher in you. You was ready to swear. Yes, sir. I, you know, it's interesting. Anyway. In the email, in the email, in the email, I don't remember much. You you remember, you much about safety. I remember <laughs> much you you saying, "Don't do that again in, in this church." And uh, that was uh, yes, sir. Uh, so, but there were other. But times you know what? I love that because. You, but guess what? You accepted what we said to you. 
Absolutely. Yes, sir. And you didn't and you didn't shut me out your life. Yeah, no, sir. No, no, because, no, no. Because people today mm. will shut you out their lives. Absolutely. No, they can't they can't take correction. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, but anyway, but that but that goes back to, to while we're talking. Mm. The military, mm. the blessing of the military. We we know God gets all the glory, but he mm. puts us in a place that we can see what order looks like, what, what respect looks like, how we have to say yes, sir, no, sir, how we have to mm. be in place and formation when we don't want to be and, and do and do what's, what has to be done. The mm. GI parties back in my day where they tell you had to wash the foot with a uh, toothbrush. Yeah, but absolutely. anyway, yeah, yeah. it's, it's yeah, yeah. all good. Thank you, uh, Dr. I'm, I'm calling you Dr. McCall because I heard coming. you say it's coming. you're, you're going to pursue your higher level education that terminal degree of a doctor, I see it coming. As yes, Bishop Blake says, I see you in the future. Yes, sir. And you look much better than you do right now. Praise God. So you have a great day. And I you appreciate too, it. Love you. Love you. Love I love you too, life. man. Yes, and, sir. Uh, this has been a great conversation. So until the next time. Yes, sir. Blessed. Blessings to you. God bless.